Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Robinson. Today we have <coughs> Brian Milligan, Rudy Malumbo, Jimmy Moynihan. And today we have another special guest. I've been trying to bring in some veteran comics to talk to us um, as often as I can. And today we have a really cool guy that I saw for the first time at open mics here in Melbourne years ago. And he was already blown up then, but since then it has become huge. His board teachers thing that he set up on YouTube is now at what followers are you now at? I mean, oh, I don't know, millions. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. A stuff. ton. Yeah, <laughs> and he's now touring the country, doing this amazing tour. So we're really excited to have Devin Siebel. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Hello. you. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. So right off the bat, how how long have you been doing stand up? Uh, ten years. Ten years doing stand up. Uh, wrote for a few years before that, so I was mm-hmm. like, I already had the writing background. Mm-hmm. But I wrote for um, uh, articles for like E Bombs World. I don't know if you guys College Humor, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. all the all the OG stuff that yeah. like people nice. want like read. I was yeah. the one writing it. Really, <laughs> so I, I wrote a lot of like super viral articles and and stuff. And um, then I went to a summer camp, and it was like a dream job. And then I have internet. And I had to live out there for three months. So I was like, I still want to write. I still want to put stuff online, but I can't. So I was like, what's the alternative to that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just started writing for, like, performing and mm-hmm. stand-up. And then so it, it kind of when I left there, I was like, all right, next level, stand-up. So yeah. so where did you start stand-up? Uh, I started stand-up at the Orlando Improv doing the uh, the comedy class. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I was such a chicken. I signed up for open mics at Side Splitters. I signed up for open <laughs> mics at Other Bar. I wouldn't show. I was. I even signed up for um, uh, to, to do the class at the Orlando Improv. Went to one. I had paid 250 bucks to do it. Went to one and chickened out. And I was like, I don't need, I don't need the money. <laughs> and, uh, and then I paid to come back again and be like, yeah, I'm back. And, you know, here's another 250. Uh, let's, let's hope this does something. Yeah. So, yeah. so who was teaching the class back then? Oh, Gary Minky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody uh, knows Minky. If you don't yeah. know Minky, you, you, you are good. <laughs> you, you lead a better life because of it. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a cool dude. And he, yeah. he definitely helped springboard you. But mm-hmm. he also... Also helped you get uh, acclimated to the the dark side of comedy early. Mm. So you Ooh. know you got to see the the not necessarily just him, but like around him, you got to see the addiction, the alcohol, mm-hmm. the the canceling of gigs, the the late night, <laughs> and, you know, trying to bum a ride, like yeah. stuff like that. That really was kind of uh, more distraction than anything but mm-hmm. it also was like oh so this is how it really is you know yeah. <laughs> even the biggest headliners that would come through the improv you'd meet them outside and you'd be like oh we're at denny's and you're you're checking your bank account to try to see if you can cover a tip okay uh, yeah. that's, maybe it's not as lucrative as i thought <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's super depressing the more you learn how oh yeah <laughs> like, so oh, it was funny. nice to be in the depression first and then <laughs> Be like, oh, so there's a better side to this. I just got to yeah. get out of this part. Yeah. 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 So you, didn't, wow. you weren't delusioned with. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. 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 Well, nice. at least they set the example right away for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, when the guy <laughs> you look up to is is literally crying <laughs> in, a, in an IHOP parking lot at two in the morning, oh questioning everything he's ever done. <laughs> and you're like, is this the footsteps I want to follow in? Like, all right. Well, I'll give it a shot. Uh, I can't wait <laughs> to do this 20 years. Yeah. 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 But it was, it was good for me because, like, I saw, like, how a lot of comics fell into alcohol, fell into drugs early on. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got to see the things to avoid on the path to better success. So mm-hmm. as I was doing the open mics, they were all like, hey, we're going out to get drunk. And I'd be like, 
you know, I, I saw this already before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I'm going to do that tonight. I think yeah. I'm going to go write somewhere else. And, you know, and I was <laughs> hanging out in the coffee shops instead of the bars. Like, yeah. you know, like open yeah. mics. I used to go there, mm-hmm. get, get, get a cappuccino, get a, a tuna bowl, and then, you know, mm-hmm. try my comedy there. Yeah. And they'd be like, why don't we see you at, a, you know, such and such bar? I'm like, because... I don't get enough out of it. I, I think it's better yeah. to stick to the the better shows, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't get a, a, or you're not in front of a real audience. If no, at, the like bar that. shows. I mean, they're one thing, but it's it, it's just it's too much. Like uh, trying to just get the attention of one or two people, you know, yeah. and yeah. and then you judge it. Like you judge it based on that. I would do jokes in these bars, and they would fail. They bomb. Mm-hmm. And then I do it uh, like later on. I just throw it out because I had an extra like thirty seconds at a real show. I'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, let me try that old joke that bombed at the bar, and then it would kill. And I'd be like, oh, I gotta yeah. stop doing that because I I didn't work on that joke for a year because I thought that the, it sucked, but it was just them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it really was the audience. Yeah. <laughs> like I noticed I would do stuff where like the like the setup is kind of long mm-hmm. like it's a real story yeah. and if you're not paying attention mm-hmm. to the story you'll never and it just Won't bombs yep. horribly in bars gotta be quick in those in those bar shows and everything it's just too many distractions too much yeah. stuff going on you know you do a full three minute setup and, and right as you get to the punch the bar's making a margarita yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know and suddenly <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. man, it's uh, up in mics. Yeah, ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like it hardens me a little bit. Yeah, it, cal- it just calluses me. Yeah, yeah, um, and you can appreciate the better gigs when you get them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's That's like a- running with like uh, ankle weights on, and then yeah. when you yeah. do an actual show. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, okay, yeah. this. It's pretty good. If, if you can get their attention really quick, I guess it, it, it can help. Like if you know, mm-hmm. getting people's attention really quickly. But sometimes I feel like it can also do the opposite effect because you know you find yourself going so hard in these uh, bars, and I find that you go so dirty or so like. And I'm not anti-dirty. I, all my early stuff was just like f f f this, yeah. you know. But it, I felt like in order to work the bars, I had to write a crazier joke. And then when I do it in the real clubs, they'd be like, mm, too much here, bro. Yeah, you know, you're horrifying. Back, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, suddenly you're at the villages and you got a crowd of like 80 retirees and you drop a, a sex joke on them and they, you know, heart attack, defibs in the crowd, <laughs> you know, you're trying. <laughs> so you got to figure it out. So it's yeah. tough, but you got to find that balance. Yeah. But I feel like I've got the bar material from the time in the bars and I've got the retirement home material, the club material, you know, you gotta, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you can mix them just a bit. Yeah. Because the other thing is that the the what I'm learning so that I also go back to the the whole point of this podcast mm-hmm. right so I've been doing it about so you, you saw me right at the very beginning when yep. I started I've been doing it about five years mm-hmm. four years coming up on five years Jimmy's been doing it who you said you said was it about five years total. About five years yeah mm-hmm. this guy's been doing it Brian Milligan how long four months four months <laughs> yeah. Yeah, about a year and a half about a year and a half so. Yeah. What I noticed is, I'm going to say this every episode, I'm sure people are throwing up of me giving the same speech, but what I noticed is the people that are at your level, that are actually like full-time working comics, Mm -hmm. have little to no communication (laughs) with new people, Mm -hmm. and like a lot of them view open micers like like roaches, it's like (laughs) just stay away from them, you don't want them around, it's just a problem. So it's not that. Uh, I talked to Ken Miller about this early on because me and Ken Miller, uh, you know, godfather of Orlando comedy, whatever you call them. uh, Good guy. Love him Mm -hmm. to death. He's one of my best friends. We Mm -hmm. talk all the time. 
the thing that he told me early on, I was like, man, you hated me early on. And he's like, no. He's like, I didn't hate you. He said, it's just a revolving door of comedians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I spend all this time going, hey, here's how you should do it. Here's your connections. Here's what you need to do. And these people get early chips on their shoulder, yeah. think that they don't need you, uh, or just bail entirely. And mm-hmm. you invested your like time into somebody. And like, so it's kind of like you got to get over this little speed bump yeah. and once you break through you know three four years in we're like yeah. okay they're coming around yeah they're all the time over here i'll yeah. just entertain it mm-hmm. you know i know you and so yeah. you message me like hey can you be on this podcast if you had messaged me i don't know <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. i'd probably be like bro i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah that's a whole hour out of my day I gotta find out. and uh but it's it's one of those things where you get the time like yeah. and and yeah. so you you uh it's a respect thing, but it's also a man. We get so exhausted, and I I didn't believe him until I started hosting my own open mic. Mm-hmm. And when I was hosting my own open mic for like a year or two, it was like just I mean, guys coming in, and and you just listen to their story, and they're like, yeah, man, I'm gonna do this, and I can't wait to do yeah. this, and <laughs> you know, I'm gonna message you about this, and let me get that email, let me get that contact, and then they're gone, yeah. and you're like. Yeah. I was, I was spending all that time trying to help you, coach you, yeah. and then you just it was just a fleeting, like it was something that they see, they don't get immediate results. All the young people especially, they just mm-hmm. want immediate fame. Yeah. And they, it's just, it, it's so weird, but comedy, you know, even me early on, I was like, I can do this. I'll be I'll be famous in six years. <laughs> and <laughs> 10 years is, for some reason, ask any famous comic, Chris Rock, ask, uh, you know, Louis C.K., 10 years. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But every single one of them will tell you 10 years is where it is. And I fought and fought and fought. And then, I mean, even my social media, as soon as I hit 10 years in, it was like, and it went off. And I was like, why? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I just said the 10 year mark for comics is like gold. If you can hang in for 10 years, right. everybody knows you. You've been around. Yeah. All the people you network locally have spread out. You have mm-hmm. club contacts. You can start booking things you know you go to different places and you see people and they go man i saw you three years ago you were great i had to come back i brought all my friends and then the fan base starts to grow and it's just that that 10 year mark i don't get it but yeah so that's why early on you know it's kind of a weird thing but it's not that we hate you it's just it's just man here's another dude messaging me asking me if i know this person i gotta watch your five minutes to recommend you you know well so so kind of what you described is 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 where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I'm at, I'm at, what I've realized is I'm at a weird point where I've been doing it for a short enough period of time that I know a lot of the new people, mm-hmm. but I've doing it long enough that people like you will actually talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like in that weird window. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do with this podcast is I like kind of bridge that gap mm-hmm. to where guys like Brian mm-hmm. will learn so much so fast mm-hmm. from getting to have a conversation with somebody like you. Sure. And then the brand new open micers that actually listen to this will learn a lot because, again, when will they ever get to have an in-depth conversation with someone, that, you know, where you are? Right. Ten years. Yeah, yeah. Ten years. <laughs> yeah in ten years. Yeah. But also on a local level so that, like, even if they're listening to this now, a couple of years from now, when they've developed, they might be on shows you'd be like, oh, I remember I listened to a podcast with you, you know, mm-hmm. years ago or whatever. So... I think it's beneficial for for you know that reason yeah. as well. Sure. Yeah. I think it just the the ten year thing. I don't know the science behind it, but it's, it takes a long time to figure out who you are on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just figuring it out 
like, oh, okay. Because for a while, I was just like, you know, I was starting dirty, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to shy away from that, just doing whatever I can for a laugh. And now I'm finally like, okay, this is who I want to be on stage. Yeah. Seeing like little by little, okay. This is a, this you start is a to see what works. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I start off as a one-liner comic. Like, really? uh, Yep, I was yeah. deadpan one-liner, straight up. Uh, Hedberg, you know, borderline <laughs> Dangerfield, you know, yeah. that was who I grew up liking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I, I went from that to uh, Mike stand in front of me, not touching the mic, very casual. And then I tried to go like a little, like almost childish in my voice and mm-hmm. trying things. And then I was like, ah, let me just find me. And it, right. it does take that time. But mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just re- repetition, getting up, yeah. trying different crowds, going in front of, you know, vacation club crowds in Orlando where there's six kids sitting in the front row uh and then <laughs> the villages and drunk bars and mm-hmm. then traveling once you travel too you start to see oh that junk doesn't work up north yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Right. they don't like that one i can't do my Publix material no, yeah. they didn't, you know, they're like <laughs> what's that Publix is, yeah. and then i did a tour of australia and i'll tell you right now that first show i was like let me see and uh <laughs> There was a lot where I was like, okay, set list. And then I got done with the show and I was like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Got to figure that one out. So what was this? Yeah. uh, uh, Just to kind of take what you say, I mean, I think there really is something to that, like, what they say, like a 10,000 hours theory or whatever, Mm -hmm. where I think with comedy, it's something I've kind of experienced is uh, there's so many different types of rooms or so many different types of audiences and stuff that you'll face that you need time to kind of learn every single type and what what to do in certain situations, what not to do in others. And yeah, I mean, putting yeah. in that time like that yeah. uh, and really experiencing all of it and, and kind of, um, you know, doing trying and failing at different things. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's for sure. What, what, were, what was uh, Australian crowds like? That's what I was going to add, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were dope. They were, they were really fun. Um, I messed up, though. So I, I killed the crowds. I loved it. I thought they were a lot of fun. Uh, they, they, believe like a cussing is so casual to them over mm-hmm. there like the c word is just yeah. that's <laughs> wow. that's like you wake up and you're like what's up and you say it to everybody <laughs> and like we because I, I dropped it right away in the taxi i was like let me drop c word see how it goes <laughs> and uh i just dropped it i was like hey man what y'all c words up to and the guy's like oh nothing much c word and i'm like oh man it's, it's casual here bro and uh they were just really cool with like but they i didn't find it much different from that i just had to do the cultural thing with going through like references Mm -hmm. chick-fil-a they they're they're like top tier uh fast food is kfc they love kfc and so like just going around town picking out things like oh that's that's their version of this Mm -hmm. so i had to start to you know figure Mm -hmm. out their versions of stuff uh they're a little more um a little more like culturally friendly like they don't like you know black white jokes they don't like mm-hmm. they're just much more aware of mm-hmm. like you know feelings <laughs> and uh, you got to figure that out too early on and then uh i don't know i thought they were dope but the way i messed up is i was selling my merch and i was like yeah it's just 10 bucks and it was 10 bucks australian money which to them is like three dollars you know yeah. and i was i was i sold out like the first day I still, got, I still got eight shows left and i was I sold out and I was, I was like man that's so awesome i sold out and uh, one of the people was like yeah 10 bucks bro you gotta <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "These people make way more money, and their the exchange rates yeah. far different." It was like yeah. six dollars that I was really selling my my merch for, <laughs> oh. and um, and that was dumb. And then also, everything is coins over there. Mm-hmm. I, I was so stupid. I I like 
everywhere they have five dollar coins mm-hmm. and like one dollar coins and you get change in dollars mm-hmm. in coins yeah. and i was dumb i just kept throwing it into my bag like in my suitcase and i was <laughs> like I, I so i literally got to the airport and went home and i went to exchange <laughs> my money and they're like yeah we don't do coins <laughs> and I, so i got like two thousand dollars in australian coins <laughs> Sitting wow. in my room, I'm like, I'm rich if I ever go back. Yeah, I have to go back. But like, I just have a big box of coins because I was just like, it's just like five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, yeah. and I didn't think anything of it. But every time they gave me change coins, and then they don't exchange coins because they got to send them back and they yeah. wait shipping yeah. it, they would lose oh, money. No so you can't exchange coins anywhere in the U.S. Really? Yeah, wow. you got to go back to the country to get your money. How, how many years ago did you go to Australia? Uh, 2019. It was oh, right before right COVID. Before. Got lucky. Yeah. Got lucky. Yeah, literally flying back to December. And as we were flying back, news was starting to break of, you know, China and everything. And I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it got shut down like two months later. So. Did you guys see uh, Love on the Spectrum? Yes. And it's filmed in Australia. Oh, yeah. really? And they're all just the sweetest Oh, it's people. not. They're nice. Like it's the beautiful. Yeah. Streets are clean. It really clean. is beautiful. Streets are clean. Yeah. Like, yeah. everything is clean. There was no nasty parts where I was like, ugh. It was like, every, everywhere right. you went, I was like, this is brand new. And right. like, yeah, it's been 300 years. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> crazy. They take care of this. Yeah, they take care of everything. What? And the, the women over there are beautiful. Mm. But oh, like, yeah. Tell like, them, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like beauty. But the funny thing is, we, we, we were driving back in the Uber, and um, and we turned this corner, and there's a construction zone, and there's like three, like two flaggers, and like one holding the sign to stop, and they're the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And I was like, I was like, are you guys seeing this? And, and I was like, are we being punked? Like, those women are tens. Yeah. And the, the taxi driver goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, all the all the hot ladies work uh, construction. What? I was like, why? He goes, yeah, it's union jobs all across Australia. He goes, they're getting paid $60 an hour. And he goes, they just stand there with a flag or with a sign. They get 60 bucks an hour. And and he goes, uh, that's you know, if you got to have a flagger and you're a construction worker, might as well hire her. Yeah. You know, and then you get to stare at her all day long. Yeah. And so everywhere we went, there was hot construction ladies. They didn't do anything. They were just the safety people. You know, <laughs> they didn't do anything. They didn't either. But they, they got sixty dollars an hour there too. They got sixty an hour. I was like, mm, that's cool. Just Instagram and help them. Yeah. They really were. They really were. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, my my uh, my dad lives down. New Zealand. Oh, cool. Uh, has for like 20 years. So uh, he's, he's all, I mean, he loves the area. That's why I went down there, you know. But uh, it's very similar down there, too. And they have like great sense of humor down there. You know? Yeah. It's like, I, I think it's just going. that region, you know. So the Kiwis. The Kiwis, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Move to New Zealand. I've, 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 I, I had the opportunity. Like it or he just want to get away from you. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I saw now you're doing, like at this point, you're doing theaters. Mm-hmm. And what was the transition like from doing comedy clubs to doing theaters? Um, so comedy clubs, I mean, I love comedy clubs. It's, it's you know, an electricity, especially a good setup comedy club, low yeah. ceilings, mm-hmm. bright lights, dark crowd, great wow. sound. You mm-hmm. can't beat it. But when I started doing theaters, you got to... You got to change it up a little bit. I learned that early. I opened for Peter Cetera from mm-hmm. Chicago, mm-hmm. and I opened for, for him in an amphitheater, and it was like eight thousand people. Ooh. And uh, they were like, "All right, you got thirty minutes." They're oh. like, "Go out there and knock them dead." And um, and it was so funny to me because the the 
guy working sound was like, hey, what intro song do you want? I was like, anything, just something upbeat. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm a comedian. He's like, okay, I got you. He gave me the Looney Tunes intro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, the lights got low on here. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> And so, <laughs> but I went out there, and this it's a different vibe because, like, comedy clubs, you can mm-hmm. see the first row or two. Yeah. yeah. You can't see anything. I mean, yeah. it is just bright lights, done. Mm. And the feedback is not instant. Because they're big, cavernous places, especially amphitheaters and stuff. Like, as soon as you make a joke, you got to wait, like, half a second longer. Your timing mm-hmm. has to slow down a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of threw me off because I was set for 30 minutes going this long. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to wait that half second, 30 seconds sometimes, you know, wait for the laughter to carry, pace myself. And I'm looking at my watch like I'm, I'm three minutes ahead of schedule, you know, or, or behind. And I got to mm-hmm. slow it, pace it. It was, it was a little tougher, but um, I enjoyed that. And then we started doing theaters, and some of those theaters, they're, they're just incredible, man. Incredible. I mean, it, it's just, I was on, our biggest one we did was Dallas, and it was sold out, Opera House, like 2700 and man, when you're hitting and on all cylinders, and mm-hmm. every joke is just like awesome. they're crying there's no better feeling oh, i mean man. it's just like just hitting you and it's just like man this is what it's supposed to feel like like and then you 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 know when you get to step off that stage and and see everybody and it's just like oh man it's uh-huh. it's so dope but i will say the the only thing that sucks is it's all like heavy union and like mm-hmm. all these theaters are mm-hmm. so you have weird rules like you have to do a sound check and it's like at four o'clock like sound check you have mm-hmm. a window between four and five so you have to be there early you walk out and you're like test test sounds good <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. Comic, but you, you have, have to be like, there yeah. so you got to be there early yeah. then you gotta leave and then you got time before everything starts but in the green rooms and stuff like some of the green rooms they don't give you anything you have to pay extra for catering and it has mm-hmm. to be union catering so mm-hmm. it has to be like an official meal mm-hmm. and if you just want like i just want a snickers bar before i go out the, no you can't <laughs> they're a vending machine nope no vending machine because they want unions wait you can't even bring your own paying. They're, they're weird about it. Like, they're That's very weird. weird about it because they want the union people to get paid. Mm-hmm. They want to mm-hmm. give them a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you you kind of have to play by their rules. And it's usually yeah. really, like, stringent rules, yeah. you know. But the the it can be a lot of fun. I mean, doing those theaters is, is mm-hmm. pretty dope. Like, mm-hmm. I got to say. It's, I have to have... Um, monitors on stage you can't hear your voice mm-hmm. like you, you say something and it sounds like the mic's off if you don't have monitors yeah. telling you because it's, it's just going out there it's yeah. not coming back either no. yeah it's weird it's a weird thing when you first talk start talking and mm-hmm. dealing with it it's, it takes a, a pacing a, it's, it's it's a different vibe than comedy clubs wow. for sure do you yeah. enjoy doing uh theaters more than clubs or man it depends because we did we did this weird run where we did theater 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 and then we did Knoxville, which was a bar. And it was like, and it was just an add-on. We had an extra date. And he was like, you guys want to do any shows? And we're like, maybe. And he's like, I just found this little bar in Knoxville that will take us for a show if we want to practice some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, theater, 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 tiny bar in Knoxville. We had 30 people because it was maximum seating of 50. We didn't mm-hmm. even announce it. We just mm-hmm. told, like, people locally in the area we'd be mm-hmm. there. 30 showed up. So we went from 2,800 people to 30 people in a bar, <laughs> and then 2,800, and that 30 
I I was like riding it. I loved it. I was yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah. I miss this. <laughs> yeah. I, and it was just because I had there's an intimacy. Yeah, like yeah. you know, you're you're there with them, and it's I don't know, man. It, yeah. So it's they're each their own beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I won't say I like one more than the other, but yeah. it's it's just so so wild how different they are. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the pace of the comedy, what you do, mm-hmm. and how you can interact, and you're like feeling of you you got to. You gotta kind of be a professional at the theater level. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. can't mess around. You know, yeah. I, I can mess around in the comedy clubs yeah. and mm-hmm. play around with them, talk to them. You know, there's no crowd work in a theater, right? Uh, what are you gonna Not do? That? Make fun of the person up front, and then people hundred people behind them cannot <laughs> yeah. see yeah. Yeah. anything. It's like, yeah. look at your haircut, yeah. bro. Yeah. You know, sure. and the other people are like. <laughs> His hair is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's hard to do stuff like yeah, that, yeah. you know. But it depends. Some some of the clubs that we did, we did Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville, mm-hmm. and that was eighteen hundred people that we cra- uh, crammed in there. But we had screens for that on both sides, so that mm-hmm. was kind of dope when yeah. they could they had the cameras following you and switching uh, angles cool. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I'm where I'm at right now, and mm-hmm. I guess I guess I need to also shut up because I'm trying to rush my ten years. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, don't. It, it, it's weird, but you push it, and it'll it'll yeah. happen a little bit before. So you know. actually, what's on the table mm-hmm. <laughs> is this thing I started. Uh, I haven't I haven't done the first one yet, but it's called uh, the Road Comic. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing I'm starting a YouTube channel where I review cars on my way to gigs. Okay, so I'm going to drive different cars and do reviews of the cars on the way to gigs. Nope, my my theory is, is you have to figure out a, a sort of niche that works for you that you can then use to market the fact that you're a comedian. <clears throat> because it's so hard now. I mean, where do you get famous just being a stand-up without having some sort of thing to draw people in? Yeah. So when did you discover that, I mean, the board teachers thing is genius because... Mm-hmm there's millions of teachers in the world right <laughs> so even like even if and man are they depressed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean even if you know i mean because to me it's like wait you're, you're doing something like this just catering to teachers like how many people but then when you really think about it it's a huge number of people oh yeah so when did you decide okay this is what i'm or, or was that the mentality that you went into it with did you nope, just start doing mentality. it i wanted and to be famous as a regular comedian okay and uh i did maybe like five ten percent teacher jokes out mm-hmm. of the whole set i still only do maybe like 30 percent teacher jokes mm-hmm. um but uh the the weird thing was you know posting on social media i, I did one video in my class mm-hmm. and it got like 1.3 million views and i was like oh that's, that's weird all right <laughs> i was like well, let me do another video in my class and then I put a video in my class and it was all teachers that started connecting and I was like oh man they really like this type of jokes and humor mm-hmm. I was like let me start to try to get into that mm-hmm. and so I did it and then I was getting millions of views doing well getting some good followers and stuff what you don't I wasn't making any money there was no monetization in the beginning mm-hmm. it was just basically like hey watch this and hopefully people will you know subscribe or whatever uh but then i started to see a different teacher comic named eddie b mm-hmm. was selling out like venues like that you know like mm-hmm. tours sold out and i was like man he's selling out venues based upon just 
doing teacher humor. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I can do a little more teacher humor mm-hmm. and then add into that. And it really did help. I think that there's two things. You can either cater to a specific audience or cater to a specific style. But mm-hmm. you can't just be a regular stand-up comedian unless you literally have the best material mm-hmm. that's ever been told whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a weird thing, but like people know Mark Norman because of his you know, comedy is his his voice, his yeah. mannerisms. You know, mm-hmm. and and they know you know uh, Louis C.K. from his pacing, mm-hmm. but they also know you know people that have a specific like um, niche. A, yeah, niche. Like you know, there's the the nurse comic or whatever that he's mm-hmm. sold out. Uh, you know, Dr. Phillips Center. You know, there's there's the nurse comic, there's the teacher comic, there's a guy that I went on tour with for a while, Travis Howes, who was firefighter, mm-hmm. and he literally did firefighter shows and did firefighter conventions and was just raking in the money doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, there's something like the, you know, the car comic, the, mm-hmm. the guitar rock comic, you know, there's something to say for that. It's still mm-hmm. comedy. People think it's like, you know, less, but it's not. It's, mm-hmm. I'm, I can still get into a regular room and make everybody there laugh. I can oh. just, can also do just teacher rooms and mm-hmm. it's great yeah. you know so but I think if you don't have a specific something about your actual style of comedy it's so hard to break through mm-hmm. you know even even looking online I see some great stand up comedy clips I was listening to Sirius XM on the way here and heard two or three people that I'd never heard of before mm-hmm. and they were great jokes you know but then you go online like nobody's following them they're okay yeah. they're on serious but yeah. they're typically just on serious because there's 1800 pound gorilla records yeah. signed or they do yeah. they did one album at some point or they mm-hmm. were i used to do side splitters and side splitters was rooftop comedy mm-hmm. so your set when you finish side splitters <clears throat> could be clipped and put on serious so people hear me on serious mm-hmm. from old things that i did on mm-hmm. on there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but it came, like, sense. naturally just from you doing stand-up. What? I'm just laughing because I'm one of those people. Because oh, um, yeah. I did the Comedy Dynamics album, mm-hmm. and, I mean, mm-hmm. my Instagram followers didn't change. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's yeah. out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> out there, and people will still tag me and be like, yeah. bro, you're not serious. And yeah. I'm like, thanks. Cool. I, yeah. get a, I get a check for $18 a year. Yeah. Through, you know? <laughs> I literally get a check for $18 yeah. a year. Yeah. I haven't got mine from last year yet. That's weird. He's like, this smells me. Yeah, especially, I was thinking, like, because of, like, Instagram stuff, people mm-hmm. like to follow, people, like, feel close like Mark Norman or mm-hmm. anyone like that, they, because of podcasts too. Oh they yeah, feel close. Like this mm-hmm. guy's my friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they w- m- now more than ever they want to know who this guy is yeah. instead of just the jokes. He can yeah. be funny, but now I listen to this guy all the time. I want to know more about him. So yep. it's like it's yeah. kind of cult. The culture right now yeah. is fitting for to talk about yourself or how. Oh yeah. It's like perfect right now, and mm-hmm. I think that's great. But it, again, it's like. I think the natural way is to just be funny first, mm-hmm. and then you find your niche or mm-hmm. what speaks to people. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. think it all. I think like you know, you put in the time, and uh, I think everything else falls into place yeah. because the more you do comedy, the more you're gonna like you were saying before. You kind of find who you are. Oh yeah, and then mm-hmm. it just it just kind of happens naturally. But yeah, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Now people are like. 
I want to know more about but this it's, guy. But it's always been that way. The yeah. Larry the Cable Guy, get her done. Jeff True. Foxworthy, yeah. you know, the mm-hmm. Here's Your Signs, the 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 um, styling of Mitch Hedberg, the, right. uh, the you know, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. You know, it, it's Sufi. always been yeah. the, the <laughs> comics that had just something that different. different. You're like, yeah. that guy is Even not the other 14 yeah. white middle-aged men that I just <laughs> saw yeah. go up. He's got yeah. something unique about yeah. him. And mm-hmm. uh, so I've always thought, you got to find that something like small that's mm-hmm. special about you and and then you can capitalize off that yeah so, so what was the what was the first i'm trying to figure out how to word this what was the first time that you did a show and you noticed your youtube stuff affecting people actually showing up to actual physical shows um, it, so it wasn't as much YouTube. It was all uh, Facebook. Facebook was right. big. Facebook and then TikTok too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's crazy. I mean, I just last night did a show at Gregory's and somebody was like, hey, I just saw your clip on Instagram yesterday. And I was mm-hmm. like, this guy's funny. Clicked on him. I was like, oh my God, he's going to be in my town. <laughs> so we bought tickets and we came tonight. Yeah, that's awesome. That's and, awesome. and so you get those. But you also yeah. get the people that followed you online for mm-hmm. a while. People that have you know always followed your schedules and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's it's been you know pretty neat seeing people start to come out, but it was starting off early on. I was like, hey, how many people see my stuff? How many teachers? And be like one person. It was like <laughs> my mom, you know. And, and then slowly it was like, okay, there's five people here tonight. Oh, there's ten people here tonight. Okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing shows where I was opening for other comics, and I would have a line of people to meet me or want you know merch, and they'd be sitting there on their phone like Ooh. in their merch line, yeah. and I was like, oh. Okay, this is a little different now. Yeah. And then you'd have the, you know, I did, um, I, where did I go? Uh, like, I think it was Tempe Improv or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the manager came up to me. He's like, hey, so I, I noticed um, an imbalance. <laughs> he goes, and I, he goes, it's just a little, little imbalanced here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, I, I want you back next time to headline. He's like, you gotta, you gotta come. You can't open anymore. He's like, yeah. they're they're not buying tickets for them. They yeah. want tickets for you. Oh, yeah. So then it was like, okay, when that when that when that guy came up to me and told me that, I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I gotta switch up the game plan now. I gotta go to the other side. You know, I've been headlining, but mm-hmm. it was all local bonkers, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And then I was like, let me try a few shows. And so I booked like Arlington Improv. I booked up there, and it sold out within like two weeks. No and it was way. like, okay, awesome. dope, two hundred eighty people done. You know, yeah. and then I was like, oh, Virginia. And that one, it sold out like the week before. Mm-hmm. That one was a weird night. It was like a teacher's only night. I yeah. went to Chicago and did uh, Zanies in Chicago. And the guy was like, I'll give you a Sunday night on a, a holiday weekend. <laughs> and he thought it was like going to be a joke. And then I sold it out. Mm-hmm. And literally he's like, hey, man, we've never sold out this Sunday ever. <laughs> he's like, we got to get you back. And I was like, okay. So once you start doing those, yeah. you're like, all right, moving tickets now. People are asking. Jeez. People want, you know. So then it's like, okay, that, that's when the, the better money comes in, the yeah. more opportunities come in. And just what a great feeling to know you can sell out something. Oh, yeah, to sell out places. and Especially when it's not locally. Like yeah, somewhere. and yeah. then nobody, I mean, there's they're not, they're not comp in the room. It's yeah. people are actually going, I will take my money and – give it to them to buy to see him in a city I've never been to. That's yeah. pretty cool. You know, that's, yeah. but that's the power of social media too. Yeah. Yeah. Social media is so big in, in comedy. People mm. just need to really lean into it. Well, uh, 
when uh, when you were going, or like, what year did you start going into venues and having that happen? Like, how how many years into it? Um, probably I started selling tickets about five, six years in. Okay, and then started selling like like a, a considerable amount. Yeah, uh, probably about uh, I'd say three, four years ago, like 2018, 2019 was when it really started. And then, of course, the pandemic happened and like then social media is, you know, kind of blew up. And so then I started selling way more tickets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. You, mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna ask. So, are you at the stage now where you're starting to do like the door deal thing? So yeah, I do door deals. Yeah. Okay. Yep, door deals. Yeah. And I didn't. It's so funny, but I I told Gregory's. I was like, just so you guys know, I like you. <laughs> I said I've been doing Gregory's for a long time. I said I I have door deals everywhere. I said I don't ask you for a door deal. I just think it's fun. I can go back to my hometown. I grew up in Melbourne, you know. And so I I, I do it. Yeah, I do it because I like Gregory's. And so um, but like the other shows that I all do are door deals, percentages, mm-hmm. things like that. So those work out way better. Like for example, you know I did a I'll, I I mean I don't hide anything, but mm-hmm. Arlington Improv sold out. Uh, walked out of there the check for I think it was like forty eight hundred. So one show one night forty eight hundred bucks. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. and that was that was a seventy thirty deal. Mm-hmm. So I got seventy mm-hmm. percent of the door, and Somewhere. then and that was not merch. I mean, merch was another you know thousand two thousand that night because I was mm-hmm. selling a lot of merch. And so, it's an hour performance. Yeah, uh, forty five minutes. Yeah, forty five minutes. Spread, host incredible. opener. Yeah. Oh, in and out. Been two shows. Yeah. 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 No, it was one show. Yeah, 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 yeah I know that would have been nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so deal the door deals do work way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, you can, if you can sell, the door dealers work better. Yeah. But there's so many like stipulations that comics don't realize too is they they have things in the contract of a door deal. If you don't sell a hundred tickets by. 30 days out, mm-hmm. they reserve the right to start comping. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're comping, they're giving away free tickets. We're so you're not making racing any money them, on the, yeah, them yeah. you know? And so you really got to push early on and mm-hmm. maybe like do some ads online if you're not selling well. Mm-hmm. Those help. I was going to ask, were you running ads on social media? Not for those, but uh, there's been one or two where I've been like, all right, we need to push a little bit harder on this one. Yeah. Cities I've been to. Like mm-hmm. when I do side splitters in Tampa, I've yeah. done that room so many times that when I have a door deal one over there, I have to put out an ad and go, hey, just so you know, that one guy you've seen 20 times, he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he'd like you to join him yeah. again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the repeat cities that, that you don't really have, like, you're like, oh man, I don't have the sale. You can see sales online usually or ask them ahead of time. They'll mm-hmm. send you, be like, hey, so, so far you sold. You know, 120 seats, you know, that's good. You're out of the comp range. Yeah. So just keep pushing mm-hmm. and uh, you get to just promote it. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That is awesome. That's a big. I'm just, see, so two things. Number one, I got excited because I didn't even know that you're originally from Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things is our our scene here, which I'm sure when you started, there was nothing mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen open mics, yeah. Open mics, uh, players club, all the yeah. players, oh, yeah. whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. heard of that. Uh, I did uh, Groucho's, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. And Gregory's, and then I don't know. You've had quite a few little pop ups every now and then. Yeah. So, so you started doing mics here. And stuff. Uh, yeah, because I I lived in Winter Haven, but I didn't like the Orlando crowd. Uh-huh. I, I thought they took it more serious in Melbourne. Mm. When yeah. I would come and do open mics or do Players Club, yeah. like I felt like I had a decent audience that wanted to see comedy mm-hmm. and comics that really wanted to like accelerate and move forward. And I felt like a lot of Orlando was like a lot of uh, treading water and like not. <laughs> 
<laughs> they, they just they, they enjoy doing the same five minutes in front of the same six people every single month and yeah. I'm like why are you not trying to advance your career you yeah, know yeah, yeah. and then when you start to advance your career you they're like oh he's an asshole and yeah. I'm like wait a minute I, but it's the same thing I don't know if you listen to David Spade David Spade was like he said he went to the comedy store and for years and everybody's his friend and then he got one movie uh, Beverly, not Beverly Hills Cop. What's the other police academy? Oh, yeah. He was in an early the police academy. And he said he came back and everybody hated him. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and I felt like yeah. that was the Orlando vibe. Is like any little success that you find, hosting yeah. your own show, doing something by yourself. I felt like there was they they like collapsed on you. Right. I was like, hey, yeah, you're out of here. Yeah, I've been shitting on like the Orlando scene for so long, <laughs> and people I don't get where I'm coming from. So every time somebody's like, "Well, this is the vibe I got," I'm like, "Thank you, yeah. somebody." Well, Chris, you haven't been in the Orlando scene lately. That's true. And lately, somebody told me it's gotten super, better. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's great, great now. Yeah. It's like super supportive now. Yeah, and I was there. I, I like dipped my feet in like three and a half mm-hmm. years ago, and it was like, ugh. yeah. But now it's like there's yeah. like it's supportive. It's like way cool. different and. It's a different vibe, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the, no, I will come back around. That's what I got because, well, because I got to a putting point. Your, just so because there's no video, Chris yeah. is putting his hands in his yeah. hair. <laughs> every time, every time, Eddie, like Orlando pisses me off, I just put my hands in the air, <laughs> right? Thank you. Well, we we also have like a scene here now, too. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's newer though, you it's know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so <laughs> that's good. There's a lot of venues around here, a lot yeah. of things, yeah. to, there's tens of comics, yeah, but it's better than threes of comics <laughs> that were there no, so, like uh, six months ago. But for real, so when you were, if you started at Players Club and all that stuff, you were around when there was maybe six or seven comics here locally. Oh, it was the same eight people every week. <laughs> yeah, just open mics. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now... Duncan Jay would put out sign-up sheets and <laughs> yeah. wouldn't fill it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the best room in Florida yeah. to yeah. do open mic. Yeah. And I was like, how is he not filling this? Like, yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was the same. So now it's it's gone through a weird thing where like... <clears throat> Right before COVID, open mics was kind of going through changes. Mm-hmm. And then now Mike doesn't do stuff anymore. It's a coffee shop now. Now, for some reason, after the pandemic, a bunch of new comics came in. Yeah. And there's a new sort of crop of people that are serious about moving their career forward, like you said, mm-hmm. and like really care, mm-hmm. you know? And then we have a couple of great venues. Jimmy runs the two really great ones that we have right now and some news Duncan's now doing a couple more rooms um, I think Eugene Singleton is working on um, a room yeah um, oh, yeah. so and, and the other reason why I'm excited why I got so excited was because I think it's important for again the new people in Melbourne to understand hey here's Devin Siebold a guy came that came out of our scene that's now a successful career comic. Mm-hmm. You know, the last episode we did, we had um, I had Frankie Paul. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah, and it's like again, great. most people because that there's that separation between the working comics and the open micers. Mm-hmm. A lot of the open micers don't even know Frankie Paul exists and who he is. Nope. And I'm like, this is a guy who has a full career, yeah. Yeah. pays his bills and lives his life. And he's he's a full time stand up yeah, comic, yeah. and he's still here. Yeah. And I just want to be able to use this podcast to introduce you guys mm-hmm. to the new crop of people, so they understand this isn't that far fetched. Like right. if they're, it's, possible, it's yeah. possible. We have people right here from our area that have figured it out. It's taken them the ten years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a I lot mean, of hard work. There was uh, to go from uh, 
I mean, we look at now where uh, $4,800 a night for Arlington Improv. Yeah. There was times where I was at the at open mics and, you know, I was the closer and I got to split the pot and Duncan would hand me like 32 bucks and I'd be like, bro, <laughs> this is awesome. Man. I make $32. Like, I got gas and Skittles on the <laughs> And it was like legit the best in the world. Yeah. I made 40 bucks two nights ago and I was like, yes. <laughs> we used to have sleuths in Orlando and they had the best act of the night got a prize yeah. and one time I got two uh, all you can eat buffets to Boston Lobster Feast oh. and I was like king like, I was like it doesn't get better life than this. is over it does not get better than this yeah so it's it's weird you know coming from that but that's exactly what it was is you know uh, people are like you got millions of views and I mean this month it, it, uh, so the past two weeks I've had like 40 million views oh. on my videos and so Jesus. yeah and it's it, it take, and I'm like do you realize I went three years getting 50 views on every video? Yeah. You have to be consistent. consistent yeah. You have to consistently post. You have to go, oh, I, I didn't do well. Instead of going, oh, I'm going to stop. You go, going. I'm going to do better. Yeah. Uh, next, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get, I got 50 views. Next one, it's going to get 75. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next one, might get 100. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I got three followers off that. And yeah. I mean, I started my own page and... Um, on Facebook and was mocked and ridiculed by people at the Orlando comedy scene for doing that. They're like, you don't have fans, bro. Why are you doing it? I was like, this is a a face to build my fans. You know? And you gotta you gotta see beyond what is in front of you and go, this is where I'm I'm at now, but here's where I'm gonna be. And then you just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And it works. I mean, it's crazy now though, because I wish I had TikTok and Reels because I didn't have any of that. Mm. You know, when I first started doing Facebook it was like they wanted three minute clips they they wanted yeah. everything like heavily edited it was yeah. so many rules and even on youtube you'd post up no views but you know an unknown comic can start up an instagram and within you know a week have uh five million views on a single yep. reel because mm-hmm. the, the logarithm yeah. is so much more generous now yeah. and it's like hey mm-hmm. this is a pretty good clip we saw a few people interact with it we'll yeah. throw it everywhere yeah. else yeah. with facebook it was only the people that were immediately Follow following them. you and the people they immediately shared with Mm -hmm. there was no like scrolling through more you Mm -hmm. know it's like just oh my friend shared this with me Mm -hmm. i'll share with my friends and you had to do it you know two people three people five people at a time that's not right (laughs) more word of mouth so is your revenue stream higher from social media or from comedy um i mean so okay uh i'll i'll break it down for you okay uh (laughs) you make more like through ticket sales and touring, you uh-huh. can make a lot of money. Some months you have really good months. Some months you have bad months on social media. Uh, YouTube pays um, good. Sometimes it pays great. It's mm-hmm. YouTube is so hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Instagram pays. It has bonuses and things like that. You can do well on that, but they have like ceilings. Facebook mm-hmm. has a really high revenue rate. Mm-hmm. A lot of young comics will not touch Facebook because I think it's old person land. Mm-hmm. The old people are eating it up, <laughs> and they have a much yeah. better attention span. Mm-hmm. So you you get a longer view out of the video, which means more revenue. Right. So uh, you know, and then you have um, 
you know, uh, TikTok where you don't make anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you make yeah, no money. I, I make like, at most, I think was like 150 bucks on TikTok. And I was like, that's a good month. You know, most of the time it's like 30 bucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's yeah. like 12 million views or that something. That is, like that, right? that yeah. is literally yeah. like millions of views Jesus. and you get like nothing. Yeah. But it just depends. I mean, yeah. so, um, you know, I'll give you real numbers. So this, this month, where, where are we at? Uh, January 14th. So, uh, on YouTube right now, and YouTube, by the way, switched over to Reels mm-hmm. or Shorts. Shorts, yeah. And YouTube mm-hmm. Shorts have not paid. You get a bonus at the end of the month if you have millions uh, of views. Mm-hmm. Starting February 1st, they start to pay. Oh. So comics doing Shorts need to really look into that because yeah, they are going to start to pay. So I have $181 I made this month on YouTube. So okay. that's just my long-form YouTube videos right. uh, posting there. Um my long form Facebook videos this month so far. <clears throat> it's loading. Sorry, you have bad uh, internet here. <laughs> uh, long form, $257 on Facebook long form. Okay. okay? Uh, Instagram, right now I'm at $500 for this month on, on Reels, on the, the Reels views. Uh-huh. Now, uh, so the, the crazy thing is, is that Facebook uh, pays for their Reels now. They pay really well for their reels now. So if you get good views, they have good bonuses, good everything. Comics, I cannot su- say this enough. Post your stuff on Facebook. Okay. I can't suggest that enough. And wow. so yeah. my reels monetization uh, for Facebook for this month uh, is loading right now. I'll give you the exact number just so you're aware. And uh, comics, listen up. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't listen to me, that's fine. Shoot. You're leaving money on the table. Like, it's so much better. Short sketches, short everything, whatever you can do. So just the bonuses. This is not my ad revenue. Uh-huh. Just the bonuses right now. Sorry, it's loading. It's almost there. I want to give you a real number. <laughs> it's, so you know. it's such a big number. It takes, <laughs> a, <laughs> it takes a while to calculate. So this month on Facebook, just for bonuses, uh, 13000 uh, $89 for oh, my reels. This, whole this, this month. This oh, month. Uh, my performance shit. bonus is $433. <laughs> my ads on reels bonus is... Oh my, God. my ads on reels revenue is $4,800. So it's 13 So that's pro rated for 13 days. So total between all social media platforms, I'll probably make 20, 30 grand this month. Oh my, oh God. my God. So you that's have awesome. to do it. You have to post it. So just to be clear, that's on 13 days. It's January that is January. Just, so that's it's going to keep increasing until yep. the end of the month. Yeah. So you just I kept know. posting consistently for a long time. Which, yeah, that's so. but it's funny because I see comics out there go, I made $2 on Facebook this month. Woo. And I'm like, make four next month. Right. Yeah. Keep make going. 10 next yeah. month. Make yeah. 100. Consistent. Get yeah. that clearance and just keep posting. I mean, once, twice a day if you can. But, I mean, I even take, like, long-form videos. I'll mm-hmm. do, like, a full set and cut it up into, like, 10 pieces. Yeah. Well, that's, that's two weeks of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Why, why you don't do that? I don't know. Even the littlest things. It, can, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a minute-long bit. It can be 10-second long. That's a funny punchline with a quick setup. Right. Mm-hmm. Quick. And, bam, done. You and, do once mm-hmm. a day? 
I try to do once a day. Right. Absolutely, yeah. So once like a day. Anything. So you film everything you everything you do on stage? Not necessarily. No, right. it's some of it's just me doing little rants, sketches, right. things like that. So you anything know, back and forth. you can put on. It's do, good. do you keep it in the teacher vein? So I do, but I don't. I also post stand up of just regular stand up clips, uh-huh. and some of those do really well. Some of them don't. You know, it just depends. I mean, I post a clip and it'll get like twenty thousand views, and then I'll post another clip and it'll get like uh, three million. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then the next one gets twenty thousand. Yeah. It just it's so hit or miss, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so did you dis- decide to quit teaching because the money was so good? Or, or actually, you know what? So I'll ask that question in a little bit. Yeah, ask a little. I, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know <laughs> how. What was it like? Having a dual life, being a teacher in the yeah. day and comedian at night, how did you strike that balance? Do you have a family you have to deal with? Or I do, you? yeah, but okay. it sucked. Do you have a family to deal with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to factor into the yeah. decision making of what shows you're going to do, how you just often a lot about Mar- comedy, about, right. you know, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. I mean, it would to be real. It's so hard to balance a job and and doing yeah. comedy because you you know especially the the things that I was doing like why not lounge mm-hmm. open mic started at ten yeah. Mm-hmm. And you put it in your hand in a sign-up, yeah. and you might get up. Yeah. You know, so I'm driving 45 minutes to go to a show that starts at 10. They may pull my name out. They might not. Yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, they pull my name out at 12. I've got to drive back home. It's an hour drive. I'm home <laughs> yeah. at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I take a shower, go to bed. I wake up at 6 for school that yeah. starts at 6.45, you know, mm-hmm. to teach. That sucked. I mean, it was a lot of, like, really sleep deprivation, you know, driving, working hard. Yeah. I got my first Comedy Zone gig. They they messaged me like, hey, we have an opening uh, at Comedy Zone. I was like, what? I've been trying to get in Comedy <laughs> Zone for forever. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's in uh, Destin, Florida. It's in the Panhandle. And uh, it's on a Sunday night, and the show starts at 9 p.m. Mm. And your opening is $100. And I was like, okay, so I drive seven hours. <laughs> I, I performed for 30 minutes, uh-huh. and I, I didn't have any more sick days, any more call-out days. Yeah. It's on Sunday night. So I literally drove uh, that morning to Destin, got out of my car, went in, met everybody, performed, got my check, drove all the way back directly into the parking lot of the school, and uh, immediately started teaching. Oh, no so I had to drive. because Yeah, it was all night, and I drove straight through, and you jump. A time zone panhandle has yeah. back an hour, no. so literally just pulled right in, teaching dead to the world. I had to do it, you know. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's it. That's gonna be the, my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. I was like, another eight months till I got another offer from. Oh, wow. you know, that's it's, the it's insanity just, that you have to be to do comedy, and like most yeah. sane people would be like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're like, of course I'm doing that. Yeah, because it was <laughs> opportunities. Yeah. And, but it did. It worked because like then he he booked me again for that room and then he had another room over there and then another room opened up and other people dropped and he's like, hey, this guy that I always message is consistently available. Right. He doesn't get a bad review. Everybody likes him. Yeah. Let me keep going to him. So I would get yeah. opportunities and then you know, like two years later, he's calling me up. He's like, can you open for Chris D'Elia at the Peabody in Daytona? I'm like, right. done. He's like, how about Tom Segura? Can you open for him I was like yeah so he called me I opened oh, for Tom Segura you know and then he, he so it be it became that one hour that I did that that seven hours right. back seven hours it, it you know it was something that you turned into an opportunity yeah. and you make it into something else and then suddenly you're, you're at the Peabody you know yeah. uh, 1800 people uh, you know it's great it's awesome wow. 
yeah. It's one of those things where it's everything's important. Everything is because even uh, even just a shitty mic somewhere could end up being an opportunity. Maybe there's oh, someone yeah. there who needs you know needs an opener or like a host or something. And then yep. As, as long as you keep consistent and everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was was, was there any pushback from your family on like? Oh, tons. I mean, yeah. That I mean, it's hard. I, is, I, I, I had two kids that came around. <laughs> I was married at the time. You yeah. know. And Brian, so, Brian, time, Brian is so having you Brian's record something to family. send to his wife, <laughs> no, yeah, like I'm, personally. I'm curious because this is something I'm dealing with. Yeah. I know there's a few other comics that also have kids, you know, and things like that, and you know that's. My, so, like, how often were you going out, at least initially? So, this is the thing. you got to make it into a, this is a direction I want to go. Right. And here's the purpose behind it. Uh-huh. If it looks like you're just going out with your friends every night to screw around yeah. and, and to have fun, then it becomes like, ah, uh, that's not, you know, it, I had to be like, okay, I've got three new jokes. i got to work these tonight. Yeah. I would go there. I'd record it. She would see me writing. I'd be mm-hmm. listening back to it and be like, ah, oh, it didn't work. i got to figure out something else with that. Yeah. And so it was a it was an interesting line where I I kind of showed her hey there's an end game to this that's beyond right. me just kind of right. hanging out and there's so many comics that that's not the end game they're mm-hmm. just trying to get away from their wife yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're no, just no. trying to get out of <laughs> the house you know yeah. and so you gotta you gotta set that that expectation that nah this is serious this is kind of the direction I want to go uh-huh. and also start to show gains like you know hey look I got forty bucks I, yeah. I, I, I'm paying the comedy's paying the bills or uh-huh. a bill or yeah. half of a quarter of a bill <laughs> you know like yeah. it's it's going somewhere yeah. but once you start showing those it's funny because for three years i was with her and and i had a a wife and she ended up getting uh like she met somebody else that could like give her the time Mm -hmm. and uh and so she went off and we got divorced and now she's on her second divorce Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i became successful and you know now she's looking back like man if i had just (laughs) seen his vision you know if i had just stuck around it'd Mm -hmm. be like oh man look at that we made 30 grand on facebook this month (laughs) 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 did did you hear that honey (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding no but it's just uh, setting the expectation on your end yeah it's got to be purpose you know yeah. i would even come back from shows and be like yeah i'm not doing that one anymore that, yeah. that one was terrible i didn't get anything out of it I, it was there was no you know i just come back smelling like cigarette smoke and uh no verdict on how any of my jokes really work because i had a terrible crowd yeah and so i i started to make adjustments in the in the time okay so mm-hmm. so you're single now no, I have a girlfriend. Okay. We've been together okay. for four, going on five years. So, uh-huh. yeah, she's very supportive. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, can, she can she can quit she quit her job and yeah. she gets to stay at home. She handles all my merch. So mm-hmm. like oh, things come in like just literally as I was leaving the house, we had like uh, 10, 20 orders of like t shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she was taking it all to the post office, Sweet. and she's kind of in on it. She loves it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's neat, and she gets to go with me. You know, we went to Key West together. If, if I go on a show and I'm like, hey, I'm in this city, she's like. Can I go? Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, let's do it. You know? God, his ex-wife. You're, li- you're like, living Jesus. in a... You're living in a... You just gotta yeah. work for it, man. Yeah, it's, it's, that sounds so It'll come right. through. Yeah. yeah, well, the nicest thing... I mean, I really, honestly, doing comedy full-time, the best thing is you work for yourself. And yeah. once you get to a level where you have more money coming in from mm-hmm. other avenues... So I spread it out. I wrote a book. I didn't want all my baskets in... Or all, all my eggs in the same basket, especially the price of eggs, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking at the um, the the stand up 
it, it was it, stand-up's not just the main money maker. It's got to be the social media. Yeah. It's got to be the brand deals. It's got to be uh, podcasting. You know, podcasting is huge. If you can market it, but take it all seriously. Mm-hmm. Take it as a business. This is a business decision. I have a brand or I have a, a comedy style that I think is is marketable. I'm going to put it in this product. I'm not going to halfway it, you know, and and kind of uh, push it that way. And so when I, I, I have book sales on Amazon that come in every month, mm-hmm. you know, I sell my own books. Uh, I have the podcast that comes out, you know, every week and we have sponsors and, and deals, you know, and it, it's it cascades. But then it also gives you a lot of freedom. You can turn down stuff, you know. Yeah. So nice to tell people, you know, I don't want that $500 <laughs> headlining gig that I'm going to hate the entire yeah. time I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. but people start to respect you more, mm-hmm. too. Because I, I, I got a, I told uh, my girlfriend, uh, somebody kept just texting me over and over again. It was like, I need you for a show in Tampa. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not available. And, and she's like, no, I really need you for the show in Tampa. The, the client requested you. I didn't even know who it was. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who this was. And so I said, how do I tell her to stop? She said, a, a quarter too high. <laughs> I said, I'll take five grand. Tell your client five grand. And she's like, okay, um, do they send you the contract? Or And I was like, Woo, okay. <laughs> five grand. Uh, you know? And it ended up being some real estate company's Christmas party that the owner was like a big fan of mine. Wow. And he wanted me. And they and, and so she had to find me online. I don't know how she got my phone number, you know, mm-hmm. but she texted me and was blowing it up and I was like, Okay, that's that's how it is. But you have to honestly like respect your brand too and not yeah. degrade it. It's yeah. just a, you've gotta really have a, a mindset. Uh, a friend of mine who's a millionaire, he kept pushing me. He's like, have a, he's like, you don't have a business plan? I'm like, I'm a comic. He's like, why don't you have a business plan? I, I go, I'm a comic. He goes, it's a business. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you're right. I got to put a plan out. And so I put a plan out. I was like, all right, I got to produce this. I got to be consistent with this. This is the brand I need. And mm-hmm. it started. And then I changed my banner. Let make me look more professional. Right. You know, let me let me work on my speaking. Let me try this and try that. And it, it, it pays off. It works. What kind of tools did you use to work on speaking? Just like, like uh, were there certain applications you use or was it just like no it's speaking i mean like public like not public speaking like um professional speaking i do uh speaking at schools oh, okay. and like motivational mm-hmm. stuff yeah, and things yeah, yeah. like that so mm-hmm. i started working on that and that's another thing i got signed by premier speakers and so they put me on and then i can do that too so yeah, i can cool. fall back on any of it it's yeah. it's nice that's but awesome. that's but it was all starting from hey how do I do this? <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, I think that's the teacher part of me was like, you have to learn it first. Yeah. You have to focus on it. You have to, you know, yeah. you, you're going to get tested, you know, so mm-hmm. go. And you did that just by asking everyone, like if you didn't know something. Asking, ask, networking, yeah. just messaging. Yeah. I mean, James John was such a big help. And then I come back and put him on my podcast. Now he gets, he gets paid more to do my podcast than he gets on any of his other jobs. Oh, and, he's, he's, and he was like, dude, this is paying off tenfold. I'm like, dude, you got me that $150 gig back in the day. I can help you out. James bought me these shoes. <laughs> he, was, he was like, bro, he's like, it's very Christmas. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. And so, he's yeah. the best. James is, I saw when I, I did his, um, when I, when I did the comedy dynamics album, he um, opened while well, he hosted for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, like I, I, I told him on his show. I was like, I got the James Yon stimulus package. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> he saw me. He put me on the funny, not famous show. 
me sending in that clip from Funny Not Famous is what got me the Comedy, Comedy Dynamics, Dynamics album. Nice. And then right. he helped me get in the door at the but Orlando it. Improv. It's all using it's like those he helped me so much. But mm-hmm. you could have got Funny Not Famous and just sat on it. Yeah. And gone, well, I did it. You know? Yeah. And that's right. that's the thing is it's that next step. Okay, I got it. Now where? You know, now that you have Comedy nice, Dynamics, yeah. all right, now yeah. what? You know, I have you have so many you know, uh, beating the door. <laughs> so, you so really the, gotta um, walk in them. So funny you say about the comedy dynamics. I did. Um, so I got. Uh, long story short, my dad used to actually book comedy shows in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually owned. He might even know this. Uh, Island Spice was a restaurant, a Jamaican restaurant in Palm Bay, that. Um, uh, oh, no, we didn't go to Palm Bay. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, uh, no, no, but that um, uh, Larry Silver Groucho's did Larry. shows there. Yeah, yeah, at one yeah. Point. He did right. shows everywhere. Yeah. He did shows in the back of so, the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, so my dad actually I'm knew good, uh, uh, Will Sylvans mm-hmm. from yeah, booking no, shows. He's, he's a comedy se- uh, seller. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. when I uh, oh, when funny. when I was going to New York, I reached out to Will Sylvans mm-hmm. before I went. And I was like, hey, you know, I just n- know of you from X, Y, and Z, da-da, my dad doesn't show, da-da, and he was like, yeah, I mean, I don't really know, you know, if we have any spots or anything, but I'll let you know, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear anything back. I got the Do- Comedy Dynamics album, and I sent the, what I send out mm-hmm. isn't really the album, I send the link from the Comedy Dynamics website that has the links to the album, mm-hmm. just because I think when people click it and then they see Comedy Dynamics, it, it's a different oh. Oh, yeah. level when they... It's a brand. It's, it's a different thing, yeah. yeah. And I sent him that, and it immediately went from, eh, I'll get back to you, whatever, whatever, to, oh, I got a spot at the cellar, oh. you know, mm-hmm. such and such night when you're in town. Nice. And I got a chance to do the Comedy Cellar, all going back to James Yon letting me do <laughs> yeah. Funny Not Famous. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he he's he's probably but him and um, well Duncan because Duncan's around here. Duncan got me mm-hmm. started, literally ground level. Right. Um, he's helped me so much. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. You gotta just keep pushing it. You know, yeah. keep and take it to the next level every time. So, yeah. So when did you know it was time to quit? Teaching. Uh, uh, I, I was. I, I actually liked teaching. I thought yeah. it was pretty dope. But then I I lost uh, interest in it when I was just in looking forward to the end of the day rather than the beginning of the day, and was like, I'll just do my videos and and get out of here. And and it, it became I don't know. It, it wasn't fun towards the end. It, yeah. it was all pandemic. You know, I taught up to. Uh, last January, I was making more money doing comedy, but I still enjoyed it, and it didn't mm-hmm. get in the way. I could still do the videos, I could do weekend shows and tour a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. But I, I, I just left because it was just, you know, ah, wasn't fun. <laughs> and yeah. how did your how did your students react to their teacher becoming famous? Oh, they thought it was dope. They, <laughs> they see like pictures, like you know, of me doing stuff, and and one of them like caught me on TV. They thought it was really neat. But then they wanted me to be like funny all the time. Like, I'm not funny all the time, bro. I got, <laughs> Your homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, know. Like, I was like, "Is this class funny to you? You laughing in here? You know, like, <laughs> I, like Joe Pesci." Yeah, I, I had to, oh, no. I had to kind of, uh, you know, lean into the teacher role because then yeah. they, they would start to try to get on that. He's a comedian. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's just going to be fun. We got the comedian. But I'm like, nah, I got, I got evaluations coming up. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got tests. Yeah. Oh, you really failed. That's not a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> a real. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Did. Uh, 
shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. Damn. What do you think? What subjects did you teach? Social studies. Social that's, studies. Yeah. What grade? Everything. That's so what it's middle school, high school, okay. a little bit elementary. That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yep. But that's that's not. I mean, it, it, that was just a small part of it, and, and even now, I like I like the teacher angle, but I also just like making people laugh, doing comedy in general. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So how do you work on your material now? Because. So that's the thing. That's the reason why you don't see a lot of these headliners like Frankie Paul. See, that's what I'm asking because Frankie doesn't go to anything. Our open mic is the five minutes in the middle of our set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally the – I have like a part where I transition into my teacher stuff. I'm like, Mm -hmm. let me do a little teacher stuff. And uh, right before that, I'm like, what new am I working on? And then I'll do my open mic is right then. And I'm like, I didn't like that. Oh, well. All right. (laughs) Let's go into the closers. You know? And (laughs) and so that's the thing is, is we have our open mic. At Gregory's last night, I had like four new jokes right now and i snuck them in there and mm. two worked two didn't and i was like okay i'll take those two that didn't work rewrite them to take the other two but i mean when you're i'm i'm still doing like eight shows a week and it's just i don't uh, go to the open mics as much as i i would yeah. love to it's just you're doing like, eight shows a week yeah i mean we do a lot with yeah, the board yeah. teachers and stuff and oh and, but not only I, that i, I do my own shows too stand-up shows yeah yeah like i'm opening for lynn coplitz next weekend in um oh. at, at mccurdy's yeah. so there's a few comics lynn coplitz uh adam ferrara uh that that i will open for mm-hmm. and just have so much fun because i started with them and yeah. so we're friends so it's like a yeah. friends weekend like let's have fun yeah. you know yeah so it, it, i cool. do like weekends that are downtime mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i'll go open for them tom green i love yeah. tom green oh, holly yeah. shore and i got along really well and i've opened for him a few times mm-hmm. so it just depends on you know but you meet these comics and you're like i could headline but also kind of have fun just middling and trying out new stuff and what's the difference in pay when you like headline versus when you do like a middle oh night and day yeah you make it's just being there well i didn't know if like the bigger comics pay better or if they do get paid better so no i mean like pay the middle acts and stuff so like sometimes yeah the, yeah the main thing they'll do is they'll make it a two-man if they know you're strong enough yeah they'll make it a two-man and then you get the host paid too okay so it'll be like when i work with adam ferrara he'll he'll only he feels bad giving me middle pay yeah so he'll just do two man he does i do 30 he does an hour i introduce him i come back on stage at the end uh, but i get the host pay too so if it's like 100 bucks middle 50 bucks host then i get 150 per show okay you know so that's that's different different. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. so i i you know there's a lot of comics that'll do that uh, the two man which is fun but also when you're just starting out it sucks because every comic coming through is doing a two-man and you're yeah. like i yeah. just want to host yeah. <laughs> you know what if you're yeah. in a theater does it go up or is it the same what like if you're so is that is that the middle and opening pay for like comedy clubs or theaters or just across the board no like, theaters are different theaters are whatever that's in the contracts and okay. you know you get percentages and things like that sometimes uh when i opened for chris D'Elia, chris paid me 250 dollars cash okay it was out of his pocket comedy zone told me it was coming from him yeah. when i opened from for peter satara uh it was like 1500 bucks uh-huh. you know but they then i got paid out of his contract for officially from the venue they handed me a check while i was there okay so it, it's just a mixed bag yeah. you know sometimes they have set contracts this is how much you get sometimes it's the guy gets the check so then he pays you like when i did my uh when i do like single nighters and i bring my opener Mm -hmm. i'm paying them they they don't they don't get you know and i pay better you know i'm not giving them a hundred bucks you know i'll I'll help you out buy your plane ticket and give you you know 300 bucks and i still make Mm -hmm. you know 3500 i'm fine you know 
But some comics don't like that. They don't like dipping out of their money. So they'll yeah. put it that the club pays you 100 bucks or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And how do you get to... How do you get that to that place where... Well, I mean, the, the you said the Comedy Zone puts you with some of those people. But where I'm trying to figure out is getting to where I, you can open for people on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, hosting, man. Just hosting. Hosting, yeah. hosting is, is where you go, and then you, you network with them. Uh, first time per comic I ever hosted for was Adam Ferrara. Now I open for him anytime I want. I can literally pull up his schedule and be like, Adam... Uh, I did, in fact. I, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I got an open weekend in February. Saw you're in Indianapolis. Love the city. I'll come up, open for you. He's like, all right, let me message him. And it was done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my biggest uh, thing that I did was start hosting at Side Splitters by far. I can't suggest that enough. Mm-hmm. It was not a lot of money. It's mm-hmm. more money now that the ownership changed. Mm-hmm. But you have seven shows with a comedian. And sometimes they'll even change out comedians. The big ones will only do four shows. Mm-hmm. So then you have other shows. So you got a full weekend mm-hmm. meeting comics mm-hmm. and networking with them. And um, one of the big things I did was they, they'd have the comics in the hotel. And I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm hosting this weekend. Uh, Side Splitters, BT, do you want me to... Um, uh, uh, drive the guy and you know I'll go pick him up and they'd be like yeah yeah sure and so I'd go pick up you know Nick DiPaolo I'd pick oh, yeah. up uh, Maz Jobrani I'd pick up Pete Lee uh, you oh, know yeah. all those guys have been in my car I had a car and so we'd talk you know yeah. we'd chat and they'd be like hey man anytime you're in uh, New York let me know and I'd be like I will and uh, and then I'd go up to New York and I'd be like hey man remember me yeah sure come on over you know let's hang oh, out yeah. and mm-hmm. it was it, so that's how you network but it was talking as much time to these headliners and, and getting to know them mm-hmm. and they they do have room you know it's sometimes mm-hmm. they'll have people drop out david keckner when i opened for him oh, kevin nice. nealon you know i opened for a lot of big guys yeah. and it was all like you know networking talking to them and then i'd be like hey maybe again you know when i i did a, a cruise with ralphie may and burke kreischer and oh. and so when I did that, Bert loved me, and <laughs> Ralphie loved me, and Ralphie brought me on for like a bunch of shows, and then Bert was like, "Hey, I'm in Tampa. You want to come open for me?" And I was like, "Yeah." And <laughs> so I went over to Tampa, open for Bert, and oh. you know it was cool to. But that was again little networkings and going, "Hey, you know, yeah. how's it going? Can yeah. I talk to you? What's up? You know?" Mm-hmm. And and once they see you're funny and serious, they 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 admire that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you? What's your uh, frequent. What would you recommend as a frequency to reach out to clubs and people? Because I always feel like such a like a hoe, being like <laughs> you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you this, man. It's so hard to reach out and just get work from just reaching out. You gotta yeah. tell the look at the calendars ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I give two big pieces of advice because I was sitting in McCurdy's mm-hmm. and I was sitting there talking to Les, the owner of McCurdy's, mm-hmm. and we're talking and literally we're just having a conversation. And I hear boom. And I was like, what is that? And he goes, ah, oh, sorry, I got to mute my computer. I was like, oh, your computer's got something going on? He's like, yeah, those are emails from comics. He goes, oh. he goes I get 100 a day. Oh. And I say, you ever check them? He's like, no. Oh. He, goes, he goes, the guys that I know, he's like, I see their name. And I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, there's Daniel. Let me click on this. Yeah. You know, but it was just comics coming through. And it was just people, you know, there's a lot of people that are serious, but there's also a lot of not serious ones. How are you going to sit there all day long and watch five-minute clips when you have a roster of 200 comics you know are proven? Yeah. That are ready to come in at any time. And so one of the things that I did was I I networked with people that I met through hosting. And second 
thing is I went very specific. You know, you can't get in McCurdy's by going, hey, I'd like to open. Here's my availability because then they have a calendar mm-hmm. and they got to go, hmm, we had it's too much time. Yeah. So I would literally, the, my biggest piece of advice is a message the club directly about a specific weekend. Just go, hey, I saw Polly Shores coming in January 4th. I am uh, out of Orlando. I'm a big fan of his, and I'm a comedian. Is there any chance he needs an opener or a host? And then they go, Polly Shore, uh, I don't have anybody that weekend. Yeah, sure, you're good. Like, it's, it, and I, I, I found a lot of success being mm-hmm. very specific. Mm-hmm. You know, And sometimes mm-hmm. they go, nah, man, sorry. But they looked at my email, and mm-hmm. now they know, must know my name. name recognition. And yeah. so I'd occasionally then be like, hey, so what about, you know, Neeland? I know Neeland doesn't have an opener, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I started messaging and being like, hey, this specific person. And, mm-hmm. and when I started doing specific person, Instead of general avails, I got way more work. Mm-hmm. And this is directly to the club. Yeah, directly to the club. So be like, hey, I'm uh, you know going to be in town. I work out of Orlando. You know, I work out of Melbourne, and uh, big fan of Lynn Coplets. You know, can I open for her? sure? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of different when you're <clears throat> being direct about one specific thing. Yeah. Because there's too many general avails and way too much info. That's great advice. This hurts mm-hmm. my heart. Yeah. Because I have open. Like open dates emailed less from McCurdy so many times, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I know that it's falling on deaf ears. If you send yeah. it directly to Les and yeah. say, "Hey Les, I saw such and such is coming up. You know, is there any opportunity you have for me to host guest spot or feature? Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot easier for them to do that than to go. How can we fit this anonymous comic in <laughs> our full roster? Right. You know, it's 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 just so hard. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Any other small yeah. tips like that that yeah. that were the maybe um, game changer or whatever? Yeah, I mean, networking, doing those those emails is always good. Uh, anytime you can have your face seen at the club, you know, showing up. Yeah. And Side Splitters is big about that. You know, the comics yeah. that come out to hang out and stuff get a little bit more preferential treatment. Uh-huh. Going to the open mics. Don't be afraid to talk to the owner and be like, hey, man. I'm at your open mic. I would love if you'd watch my set, you know, and give me right. some advice, you know, mm-hmm. or and let me know if this is good for you. Yeah. Uh, being a host, you got to be clean, be professional, is especially clean as a host. They don't like, you know, dirty hosts. They, especially uh, headliners don't like it because then they've got to match that energy yeah. right. or drag it down, you know, and they got to figure that out. But if you're if you're good professional, you know, sending out those those. Uh, Options is always good. I know this person. I've networked with this person. You know, mm. this person can vouch for me. Kind of things like that. Mm. But finding finding actual people that you know will vouch for you. Will vouch for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not just hey, I had this guy on my podcast. Yeah. 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 No, we're all doing that. <laughs> I've gotten those where they've been like, "Do you know this person?" I'm like, "No." no. Yeah. Like, yeah, they said you'd uh, totally vouch for them, and I'm like. I don't know that person at all. You know? <laughs> That's what James Yon did for me. He's like, make sure you say that uh, James Yon recommended you. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, I was so excited. But like, also make sure they know who James Yon is. Because <laughs> I message clubs and be like, Ken Miller messaged me. They're like, we don't know who Ken is. You know I'm like, Ken. Everybody knows Ken. <laughs> everybody in Wisconsin knows Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin. Trust yeah. me, you know Ken. <laughs> Yeah, do you, do you mind if I do my five minutes for you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah but net, 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 for sure, asking yeah. for guest spots. I mean, it just it floors me how many people don't ask.
ask for guest spots right. from, you know, I've got shows and it's like, it's a sold out show. There's 250 people there. Why mm-hmm. are you not asking for a guest right. spot? You know, it's like, if I know you and you, I know you got five that's good, mm-hmm. why are you not asking for a guest spot? I don't right. understand that. There's so mm-hmm. many times where I do bonkers and everything and I'm like, we have no guest spots tonight. And they're like, no. I'm like, how many, how many new comics we got out here? <laughs> and nobody wants work. It's wow. like... They, they just if, don't message them. They, they, Mike Charette got work just by doing guest spots. Mike was a guest spot, most annoying guest spot. He was a guest spot <laughs> every single show I was on. You know, like, we have a guest spot. I'm asked. like, Mike. And <laughs> like, yeah, Charette's doing it. And he <laughs> asked. He asked all the time. Uh, yeah. And But he would network with the headliner that just, night and talk to them. Yeah. And then suddenly he's in different cities. And you see him up going up doing shows. And it was all... Just guest spotting and yeah, name out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's so yeah. much more I can do. And it's like, yeah. just for like a long time, I'm like, I'll just wait till things yeah. come to me. Yeah, now Which is work. the stupidest. That ain't gonna work. Yeah, yeah, you gotta hustle. Uh, when you said, like, when your friend, I forgot who you said what it, who it was, but, like, you need a business plan, did you, yeah. like, write out, the, like, as far as yeah, like the banner for YouTube, you're yep. like, I need a new banner. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you just wrote it all Sat out. Sat there and it's just kind wrote of like it a vision board. Kind yep, got to have a banner for YouTube. Got to work on this. Got to you know write a page of this and yeah. and it can get daunting. I will say, break it down. You break know, down, don't yeah. be like, hey, I got to write a book. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Figure out time to write, write a book. book. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. no, nah, I gotta I gotta write a book. So let me start with one page. Right, you know, yeah. let me write this yeah. little bit and yeah. uh, it can grow from there. What is your book about, by the way? It's called. Teacher in the wild it's about seeing your teacher in public when you're a kid. <laughs> oh. I like how weird that is, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's cute. It's funny. It's a little kids book. Yeah. I had a um, uh, another teacher illustrate it, and it like it took off. I didn't think we'd do that, but I set I started a Kickstarter at like ten grand, and it reached like twenty in like Damn. a day. And I was like, oh, okay, they want it, <laughs> and uh, they, I put it out, and it did oh, really well. Yeah. It's on Amazon. It does got five star review on Goodreads and everything, so it did like legit, you know. Wow. But yeah. again, it wasn't. It was something I'd never done before. It took time, you know, writing yeah. it out, and people going, ah, that's not that's not gonna work, you know. Mm-hmm. Sent it to a bunch of English teachers they're like yeah this rhyme scheme is all way off because i tried to make it rhyme <laughs> oh, and yeah. they were like yeah you gotta figure this out and so just reworking it but yeah, now yeah, yeah. everybody reads it's like this is amazing i'm like well it took a long time to get amazing yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. it's good now doesn't but, just happen yeah, yeah absolutely it's so weird uh a good teacher is like a game changer i remember specific teachers that are like oh, really yeah. good and yeah. little things they've said too like so I had a government teacher, because, like, I loved funny teachers, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And this, he would just give life tips, and he said, uh, one big life tip, because you're going to be broke one day in your life. Mm-hmm. If you're out of toothpaste, take scissors, cut that toothpaste in half, and dip your toothbrush in. And, and I, I that s- teacher knew all about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? This was, yeah, mm. he, he definitely, that Someone was from necessity. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, st- I do that yeah. I when I'm low on toothpaste. <laughs> and every single time I think of that teacher. So. <laughs> Interesting. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> well, I, unless anybody has any more like pressing questions, no. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. We yeah, appreciate you. Awesome. Because, yeah. yeah, so there's so much information, and I appreciate. I'm still. I wrote down notes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm still at the at, at the stage where like, I've been doing. I've been doing it five years, so I'm like halfway to my ten, mm-hmm. and I'm still. I'm super appreciative of someone like you and where you are 
being able, being willing to come here and talk to us. Sure, and, yeah, and yeah. come yeah, do this cool. for sure. Yeah, so absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, Is there I appreciate it. Anything you want to plug to the eight people that listen to me? Uh, no, oh, I just, come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Devin Comedy is the website for yeah. me. And it's got pretty much everything on there: the podcast and all the tour dates and everything. So yeah. yeah. Anybody else? No. Yes. Uh, thanks for coming. You guys have any awesome. plugs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. At, at, at Brian Milligan Comedy on Instagram. <laughs> at King Malumba Instagram. Got some stuff coming up. My TikTok is Jimmy Moynihan, and my Instagram is Jimmy Dot Moynihan. Oh, okay. There. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if you can listen to my album, The Sixty Forty Rules, um, it's available on Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere. And actually, if you could also subscribe to this podcast, of course, please. Um, and last thing, if you go to my YouTube channel, The Road Comic, um, the intro is now up. That'll be on every episode, and the first episodes are going to be coming out soon. Thank you guys for listening. Good night.